14th chapter, verse 25 through 33. I'm going to be closing out uh, this portion of discipleship uh, fully committed on today. Luke, the 14th chapter, verse 25 through 33. Amen. I want to say thank you in advance to all those who were assisted and helped uh, with our uh, front in the sun today. Uh, we got people out at the park trying to set up. I got people trying to transport food and get things together. Amen. So we are excited about that. I want to say thank you to them for all their support and help. Luke, the 14th chapter, verse number 25 through 33. Amen. Which is our foundational scripture uh, that we have been in for the last uh, three weeks. And uh, we're going to close this section out on today. Luke 14, verse 25. Do you have a say amen? Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Y'all ready for the word? Okay, I need somebody to say, I need a word. Amen. Luke 14, 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, even their own lives, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you laid the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Verse 31, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? Verse 32, if he is not able, he will send a delegation while the others in is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Verse 33, in the same way, somebody say in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have, I want you to say that that last uh, verse to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, in the same way, if you can't give up everything you have for Jesus, you cannot be. You will not be. You just ain't his disciple. Amen. That was Philip and Rawls' version. I want to I wanna finish this out tonight, today by fully committed, this is part four, fully committed part four. Um, I'm gonna go back so we can go forward. Being a follower of Jesus Christ means that you must be a disciple. Let church say disciple. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who takes up the ways of someone else. A disciple of Jesus, someone who learns from him, watch this, to live like him. A disciple is someone who conforms his or her words and ways to the words and the ways of Jesus. A disciple is a learner. But to be a disciple of Jesus is to allow Jesus to teach you. Teach you a new way. Teach you how to live a new life. Teach you, watch this, how to turn down sin. Somebody just lift one hand and say, help me, Lord, right there. Help me, Lord, right there. Teach you a new way of thinking. 
but to be a developing disciple of Jesus Christ that leads to a changed life takes an unwavering commitment to the process that Jesus takes us on. It means that if God requires an alteration in my life, then I freely alter my life because he is in control of my life. It means that if God mandates, here we go, sanctification, cuss word, in my walk, then I live so God is pleased with my life. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's not only worried about your words, he's worried and looking at your walk. It means that I am so committed to God that I give him full permission to call the shots in my life. That I give him full permission to take the lead in my life. That I give him full permission to have the final say. Freedom, don't ask your neighbor, I'm asking you. Does God have the final say in your life? I mean, does he for real, really? have the final say in your life. And whatever the Lord takes me through, and no matter how uncomfortable it may be, and no matter what I have to give up, I have to remain fully committed to God, come what may. I need to know, is there anybody here that say, no matter what happens in my life, I'm sticking with Jesus. I ain't got everybody right there. If I got to struggle, I'd rather struggle with Jesus than to struggle without him, okay? Because I've discovered the struggle with Jesus is a whole lot better than the struggle without him. Because you know what I've discovered? The struggle without him is hell. Come on, I wish I had a church right there. If I don't have a dime to my name, I'm staying with Jesus. Other people can give up and walk away, but I will hold fast to the confession of my faith without wavering my hope. At your neighbor say, I'm sticking with Jesus. Do me a favor, y'all slide down. It's a whole row up here. I see more people coming. It's a whole row. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Amen. I don't want all them chairs in the back. Come on. Amen. Praise the Lord. And what we have learned over the last few weeks is that if you are going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, guess what, y'all? It's going to cost you something. I said it's going to cost you something. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you something. It, it, there's a price you got to pay if you're going to follow him. Discipleship costs. Salvation, free. Discipleship costs. Salvation, if I believe with the Lord Jesus Christ in, in my heart and confess that he is Lord over my life, then I'm saved. Didn't cost you nothing. Oh, but to walk with him every day. <laughs> you are signing yourself up for hell to come after you. There's some of you that can testify. Before I came to Jesus, seemed like I was doing a whole lot better. Come on, let's just be real just for a minute. Before I came to Jesus, seemed like I had money, seemed like I had friends, seemed like I had influence, seemed like my life had it going on. And then I came to Jesus one day, and it seemed like all hell broke loose. But is there anybody in here that say, but before Jesus, I discovered the friends were fake, the money left real quick, I didn't have what I thought I had, but since I had Jesus, if I ain't got a dime to my 
name. If tears are coming down my face, I still got a comforter. I still got somebody that sits closer than a brother. Is there anybody in here that can say you give God glory for what you had before Jesus? But is there anybody here that say I give him praise of what I got after I got him? I got the best thing. Is there anybody in here that can say Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me? We saw that in week one. What it will first cost you is worship at any cost. Let the church say worship at any cost. Because Jesus said, anyone that comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, and children, brother, and sister, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And what does that mean? Does that mean I got to hate everybody in my life? No. I know you want to. I know you try. Uh, But Jesus is saying, watch this, that he must come before personal relationships. Jesus is saying that in comparison to everyone else, your affections for others can't even come close to the love you have for him. That means Jesus is my number one, and everybody else got to be my number two. I know you don't like this, but have you ever had an out-of-order relationship structure? <laughs> that was a real cute way of saying, have you ever put somebody in the place where God should have been? Oh, God, didn't it get you in a world of trouble? Because all of a sudden they were so big in your life that you needed everything they could give you in order for you to sustain. And then one day you woke up, smelled the roses and realized I could do bad all by myself. Oh, but if I got Jesus as my number one, he makes everything all right. I need to know, is there anybody in here that say, if I'm sleeping in a queen size bed all by myself I'm still all right because I got the master of the universe up in my room with me is there anybody in here that say I give God glory because as long as I got Jesus he's got to be my number one and everybody else can be my number two because Jesus did for me what nobody else could do Jesus did for me what my mama couldn't do (laughs) Jesus did for me what my education couldn't do I said Jesus did for me what my money never could do Okay, y'all don't believe me. He saved me. He delivered me. Oh, y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. He cleaned me up. He he forgave me. He he blessed me. He kept my mind. Is there anybody here that say Jesus did for me what nobody else could ever accomplish? And I get, come on, is there anybody here that can give God five seconds of praise? Because you know that God did for you what nobody else could do. When I worship him, it's because he's a priority in my life. And my worship says that he comes before anyone and anything else. So Jesus comes before personal relationship. Number two, Jesus comes before personal reputation. Jesus said, you you shouldn't even be more in love with yourself than you are with me. I know this is hard for this generation because this generation teaches you that you're supposed to love yourself, which you should. But don't fall in love with yourself. Take yourself out on a date. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Praise the Lord. Be good to you. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Praise the Lord. But don't put you in the place where Jesus should be. Jesus is saying that you have to take yourself off the throne of your heart and enthrone Jesus Christ. And the greater he becomes in your life, the less important you become in your own eyes. And if if I have to choose between Philip and Jesus, I have to say no to Philip and yes to Jesus. Is there anybody here that has ever realized that a yes to him is better any day than a yes to yourself, God? Because he can do what you can never do. I I give God glory and give him praise because there's some stuff that he did for me that I worked years trying to do but I serve a God that what I took five years to do he did it in five minutes that's why I say yes to him and no to myself because he could do what I could never do 
Jesus must come before personal relationship. He must come before personal reputation. But number three, he must come before personal realization. Jesus said, who, do, who does not have, who, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me can't be my disciple. Cross is something that you got to willingly take up. Cross is not something that's laid on you. You got to willingly take it up. Hate to bust your bubble. Your boss might not be your cross. How you respond to your boss is your cross. Ah, you didn't like that. Yes, right in your eye. Praise the Lord. Uh, your your, your, your in-laws might not be your cross. How you deal with your in-laws might be your cross. You know that attitude? You know that response that you give? You're giving it to me now. Amen. You're saying, hurry up. <laughs> I won't. See how that thing just rose up in you? Crucify that. Crucify that. Touch your neighbor and say, crucify that. Crucify that. Ooh. Look at your neighbor and say, put a smile on your face. Put a smile on your face. If they ain't smile, look at them and say, crucify that. Crucify that, which means self. You need to crucify that. You got to willingly take it up yourself. So the cost of discipleship means I must be willing to worship at any cost. But secondly, I must be willing to work at any cost. Jesus says in verse 28, if you, if you want to build a tower, you got to first down and sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. Jesus wants to know if, if we are willing to put in the work necessary to become who Jesus wants us to be. God wants to build you into being a strong, powerful, enduring example of what life looks like when you work with God to build it. But it's going to take work for us to learn how to submit to his will. It's going to take work for us to learn how to turn down sin. It's going to take work for us to learn how to glorify God when my life is not going my way. It takes work. Oh, uh, it, it takes work. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lost. I know exactly what I want to say. It's just hard to say it. Um, it takes work not. It takes work to shut up. I'm going to talk to the real people because some of y'all sitting up here looking like I'm speaking in Chinese. Is there anybody in here that knows sometimes it takes work how to keep your mouth closed? It takes work. You got to work with God to learn how not to clap back when you got the information. You got to, it takes work. It takes the Holy Spirit working on you that you can sit there and he not just deliver what you're getting ready to say, but he delivers your face. And when you want to scrunch up that face, it takes work, the Holy Ghost of God, for you to just like... Look at your neighbor and say, look at me real good. This took a lot of work. This, this took a lot of work. This ain't Mac. This ain't Mary Kay. This is the Holy Ghost. The only way I still look this good is because the Holy Ghost had to work on me to shut me down when I was getting ahead of myself. Let's take work. Let's take work. Chantelle, take work to be nice to people that ain't been nice to you. It take work. I said, it take work. It take the Holy Ghost to work on you. It take work, Marcus. It take work. It 
fake word? I, I don't understand. You know, y'all got this spirituality that you think you're supposed to just come to church, spin around three times, and you got it. Do a little dance and snap your finger, put it on a little piece of paper, ball it up, throw it over your back shoulder. I'm out of it. No, it take work. It take work. It take work. Come on, single people. Can I talk to the single people? It take work. It take work. I said it. Oh, I said it take work. It take work. I said it take. Okay, I ain't got no real people. Can I talk to somebody? It take work on a Friday night. It take work. It take work. I said it take work. I'm going to get to my point after a while. Take work. So, so how does God work on you? How does he want to build you? Number one, they got to be spiritually conceived. Everybody say spiritually conceived. It means that I no longer have a right to say to the Lord what I will do with my life. I give, I give way to my dreams for his destiny for my life. So what I have to do, uh, so what I do has to be spiritually conceived and not fleshly contrived. Because I've lived all my life doing what I wanted to do based upon how it made my flesh feel. So if my flesh felt good, I did it. But I no longer force my life to be something God never called it to be. I, I, I no longer want good ideas. Here it is. This is your revelation today. I no longer want good ideas. I want God ideas. Okay. I, I no longer want what my flesh can think of, but what the spirit can bring to pass. Okay. It, it is a spiritual, con it's spiritually conceived when it ends in praise to God, when God is glorified and when God gets the glory. I have to be spiritually conceived. Number two, I got to be sacrificially constructed. Jesus said, if you're going to build a tower, you better count the cost. You're going to be my disciple, count the cost. You're going to buy a car, count the cost. You're going to leave that job for something else, count the cost. <laughs> count the co if you if you if you're going to get married. <laughs> count the cost. Look at your neighbor and say count the cost. If you're going to, here it is, if you're going to be dedicated to Jesus, you better count the cost. Because the price you pay will determine the value of what you're building. You want a strong, solid structure, then you can't afford to build with cheap materials. Look at somebody say, ain't nothing cheap about me, ain't nothing cheap about me. And watch this, and if you want a strong, solid, and enduring faith, you can't build with a cheap commitment. Let me say that again. If you want a strong, solid, and enduring faith, you can't build with cheap commitment. Come off the sideline. Stop half in, half out. Come all the way. Because God is saying, what I'm building in you is going to take a fully committed person, not a cheap committed person. God says your faith has to be sacrificially constructed. I told you this on last week. So if you're looking for a cheap way, easy way, or lazy way, it will not be from God. Nothing that comes from God is cheap, easy, or lazy. Oh, but you got to put some work into it. Oh, faith without is what? God, watch this. Don't shortchange your commitment to God. Don't shortchange your commitment to God. Why is it that everything else gets more of your commitment than God does? Don't give a little and expect a lot. Don't put forth minimum effort, but expect maximum blessing. Sometimes the reason we are disappointed with God is because we haven't checked the fact that we didn't give, that we haven't put much in. Okay, let me put it like this. If you put $100 into your ATM, don't show up next week talking about I want 500 out. 
Look at your neighbor say insufficient funds. Y'all still ain't with me. You put $100 in and then watch this. Come here, come here. You write a $500 check on faith. You got faith with minimum commitment. You didn't put much in, but you want a lot out. And God is saying the reason why certain stuff keeps bouncing in the spirit for you is because you ain't put much in in the first place. You ain't got no prayer life. You don't never fast. You're always hungry. Or your sugar low. You got big dreams, big goals. Say you need your rest. You put nothing in but won't maximum out. And God is saying, Why don't you put something in so I have something to bless? Because is there anybody here that say, Sometimes when you put something in, God will bless it and multiply. He'll take two fish and five loaves of bread and He'll feed thousands if you just give Him something to work with. There it is. Touch your neighbor and say, Give Him something to work with. Give Him a prayer life to work with. Give Him a commitment to God to work with. Give Him fasting to work with. I need to know is there anybody in here that say, Everybody can live how they want to live, but in 2019, I'm going to give God something to work with. In fact, go ahead, give Him some praise to work with. Give him some adoration to work with. Give him some glory to work with. Somebody open up your mouth and give God something to work with. So what do we say? That felt real good right there. Jesus says, count the cost. So what's it going to cost you? I said on last week, it's the baggage cost. But you got to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. You got to drop the baggage. Number two, the trouble cost. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, life is going to cost you some trouble. Mm -hmm. But the reason you can endure through the trouble is because he is the captain of your salvation, and he's already won the victory. And then thirdly, you got to go through the separation cost. You're going to be his disciple. He is going to require separation in some area of your life. Let me tell you something about God. God has a funny way of that when you start trusting him, he will detach the wrong people. Okay, I ain't got no real people right there. Has anybody ever gone through, I, I'm going to talk real personal, anybody ever gone through a season of aloneness? That, 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 that the people that you thought would be there and should be there all of a sudden ain't calling you no more, ain't in your, in, ain't in your DM, ain't stunning you no more. God says, sometimes I got to separate you in order for where I'm taking you. Because uh, here's, the, here's the revelation. Everybody can't fly at the altitude you getting ready to go. Uh, some of you need to give God glory that some people fell off, that some people ain't there anymore. I need you to thank God. Say, God, I thank you for every person you had to remove out my life because it freed me up for me to fly higher than I've ever gone before. Somebody open up your mouth and tell God, thank you for the separation. Some people you needed to break up with. Some friends you needed, they needed to stop calling you. And here's what I've discovered. You ready for this? God don't mind you going through the process of grieving over who shouldn't have been there in the first place. Because it'll teach you never go back to it. 
I ain't got no honest people right through here, but I need some honest people to say, I'm glad I went through the grief process because when I came out that booger, all of a sudden I realized I ain't never got to go back to that foolishness again. Is there anybody here that say, I thank God for every tear I had to cry because God sealed the deal that I won't go back to that ever again. Thirdly, this is what I didn't get to last week. I have to be steadfastly complete. Count the cost so you will be able to watch this to finish the tower. We're getting ready to take a turn. So you should have shouted before this point. But you might not shout anymore. Okay? Count the cost so you will be able to finish the tower. God does not want us to build, watch this, half-built half built. Um, getting ready to say something, and uh, some of you this might offend, but it's okay. I, I'm your pastor, and I got to tell you the truth. Uh, if you want me to tell you the truth, then tell me the truth, pastor. The reason that people are not following Jesus is because his representatives have half Themselves as half-built towers. People who were in the ministry who are no longer in the ministry. People who serve but just quit. People who used to tithe but stopped. People who talk more than they do. I said people who talk more than they do. People who have great ideas for the church but don't have the work ethic to make the ideas come to pass. You know, I, I, I've been pastoring nine years. Um, uh, Reverend Carol, I've been pastoring five, nine years now, and I've discovered I got to filter out the great ideas from the saints because I've discovered over nine years saints will have big ideas but won't show up to, to execute what the idea was. People, people who talk more than they do, people who pull out their Bibles to pull out their Bibles at lunch, but now spend more time on YouTube than in the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, half-built towers. People who were once faithful but gave up the process because of the price it, it, it required. I, I, want, I want to say this, not on my page, but I need to say this. The enemy knows how to lull us into complacency because what he does is turns up the fire the closer you get to God, but then he turns it down the, the further you get from him. And so it convinces you that I must stay away because it seems like my life is a whole lot better. What the enemy does not tell you is that you forfeit the promises that God has over your life the further away you get. Touch your neighbor and say, come closer, come closer, come closer. Watch this. Have built towers. All right. Thank you. Should have shouted. Luke, the ninth chapter, verse number 62. This ain't, this ain't Pastor Philip. Let's go to the word. Luke, Luke 9, 62. Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter, verse number 62. Lord, speed me up today, Jesus. 
Luke 9, 62. Yes, Lord. Luke 9, 62. You have a say amen? Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus says, you have not finished your assignment. You got halfway and stopped. Here's the crazy part. You ready for this? But if you finish, your labor will not be in vain. If you finish your assignment, your, your labor will not be in vain. It will all pay off if you just go all the way. Don't go halfway. Go all the way. Don't, don't, don't wait till it gets too difficult and stop. Go all the way. Because anybody in here can tell you the closer you get to graduation day, the harder it gets. It don't get easier. It gets harder. Oh, but one day you're going to cross that stage. I need you to touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're going to cross that stage if you go all the way. I need to know, is there anybody here that say, I ain't going halfway with Jesus. I'm going to go all the way, and I'm going to cross that stage, and he's going to graduate me from this level to the next level because I'm going all the way. Not part of the way. Not all the way. Here, here's, here, here's the key to going all the way. You ready for this? To go all the way takes less emotionalism and more intentionality because my emotions don't feel like it. My emotions will talk me out of it. My emotions will tell you, you tired. Take a break. It's okay. It's, it's, you, you, you just got to. You got to go all the way. Uh, I got to use this, use this example. Um, I, I've been trying to get back into shape, Adrian. And, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah to his name and um and so i'm trying to get back in shape and I, and I used to have one trainer and he would train me with other people and so whatever number you thought i was on y'all ain't with me so my math was one three you know i'm trying to get to 10 but my math was one two Five, six, seven. All right, ten. But the Lord, or the devil, I'm not sure which one, sent me somebody else who wants to count every little thing that I do. Okay? And whoever sent him, the Lord or the devil, I'm not sure yet. I I'm struggling because, you know, I was 39 years old now, okay? And when you get to uh, about 39 years old and you are looking at that four zero, um, there's some things that used to work that don't work like it used to. You know, when you get over that 30 threshold, you, stuff start popping and you don't even know where it came from, okay? But when you get to 40, them muscles you thought you used to have, it's not there no more. And so I, I'm, 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 I'm talking about they dormant. 
And and so I'm trying to do the exercise, and I don't, you know, I don't know if you're from, you know, the Lord or the devil yet. I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, he's hollering at me, don't stop. Keep going. I love a break. I'm breathing really hard. I'm dizzy. I feel like I'm about to pass out. Everything inside of me says, take a break, right? But this person, who I don't know where they came from, heaven or hell, keeps saying, don't stop, keep going, okay? Because somewhere along the way, if you don't stop and you keep going, here's your word, you will build up an endurance. That what you used to couldn't do, now you will have the ability to do it. Look at your neighbor, grab them by the hand and say, neighbor, don't you stop. God is building endurance in you. And what you couldn't take, you getting ready to take. And what you couldn't conquer, you getting ready to conquer. And what you couldn't overcome, you getting ready to overcome. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm not stopping, but I'm going to go all the way. Pray stop. I don't know, heaven or hell, I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure it out. Look back at Luke 14, Luke 14, verse 31 and 32. Luke 14, 31 through 32. Luke 14, 31 through 32. Uh, if you haven't said amen, well, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Verse 33, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. Um, discipleship, disciple must worship at any cost. Disciple must work at any cost. And here's where I'm ending this today. A disciple must war at any cost. A disciple must war at any cost. When I follow Jesus Christ, when I sign up to be on the Lord's side, I follow Jesus into battle. I follow Jesus, catch this, into conflict. I know you want to be by the pastures in the still water but that's only after the, the battle and only after the conflict there is a war and it is a fight I'm talking about spiritually there is a fight to the death you are engaged in battle every single day of your life and you have to make sure that you have the mindset here your pastor of a warrior look down your row and say ain't no punks on this row ain't no punks on this row now, I'm getting ready to say something. I don't need scary, intimidated, you scared of the devil people right through here. I need some people that realize that you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and if I have to go down fighting, I'd rather fight on his side. side or the other. 
you cannot re remain neutral. Watch this. Spiritually, we are outnumbered. The text says, Jesus says, 10,000 is against 20,000. But here's a revelation. The favor is on your side. Okay. Some of y'all should have broke out in a praise right there. When you think about all the devils that came against you over your life, you need to realize by now the favor must be on my side. I need somebody in here to give God glory that when you look at your life, the reason I'm still here in my right mind ain't going crazy, ain't blow my brains out, is because the favor of God is on my side. And I might be outnumbered, but I got favor. I need somebody in here to throw your hands up and tell God, thank you, that I got some favor over my life. disciples of Jesus Christ, if we are going to be a church that believes in discipleship, if we are going to war at any cost, write this down. Number one, we need warriors who are not cowards. We need warriors who are not cowards. We, are, we need warriors who are not cowards. See, the problem with the saints now is that we want to go through what we go through and come out unscarred, unharmed, undamaged, uncriticized, and unaffected. We want, through the, we want to tiptoe through the tulips. We want everything to be peaches and cream. We want to wake up in the morning and, and the birds are chirping outside your window. You, you want to wake up in the morning and you hear music in your ear. You want to look in the mirror with, with coal in your eye and just smile. And say, today's going to be a great day. You want to go to, you want to, go to work and drive down the street and everybody get out your way. You want to get to work, and those that you don't like don't even speak to you. And those that you do like, take a whole hour of your, your first hour and talk. You want, you want lunchtime to come around and somebody say, I got you today. God bless you. You want to get off work and go pick up the kids and then get in the car and don't say nothing. You want to open the door to that house, and all of a sudden, oh, I smell dinner. <laughs> you want to finish eating, and somehow, magically, the dishes get cleaned by themselves. You want life to be so wonderful and perfect. You want everything to be great. And the reason why you are living in a proverbial disappointment with God, because that ain't your life. It has never been your life. And it will never be your life. Because you got to fight. And God is saying, if you're going to war, you can't have no cowards. You can't have no scared people. He got to have some people that can take a licking and keep on ticking. He got to have some people that they might get knocked down, but they bounce right back up all over again. 
you know what I've discovered? This ain't for y'all, but I, I need to know. Is there anybody here that's discovered? When you look back over your life, you realize one thing. I got a bounce back anointing on my life that I've been knocked down over and over again. But thanks be unto God, I bounce back up all over. I feel a praise right there. Is there anybody in here that say, I get knocked down, but I bounce right back up? I thank God for the bounce back anointing that no matter what the enemy does, I keep coming back over and over again because there is no defeat in me. who are not compromisers. If you are not settled in being a warrior, watch this, you will try to compromise with the enemy. You think you can appease the enemy. In war, there is no substitute for victory over the devil. Let me say that again. In war, in battle, there is no substitute for victory over the devil. God has called us to be soldiers, not diplomats. You can't, you can't compromise with the devil. The, the devil ain't going to compromise with you. He want everything you got. He don't want just a piece of you. He want all of you. He don't want just a, a, a part of your piece. He want all of your piece. And so you can't compromise. You got to have a standard that says, for God I'll live and for God I'll die. I know we ain't got them kind of saints no more, but is there anybody here that remember the old saints that say, even if I'm in the hospital, I'm still going to bless the Lord. Even if I ain't got a dime to my name, I'm still going to give him all the glory and all the praise. Now you got to be massaged and for you to give God glory. But I need to just take a pause for the cause and find is there anybody in here that could give God glory in the midst of your hell, in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your burden, in the midst of your heartache. I need somebody here to lift up your hands and tell God, God, I'll bless you at all times and your praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm going to bless him no matter what. I'm not compromising. I got I to gotta push that. You can't compromise. You can't compromise. You can't compromise on your worship. You can't compromise on your praise. You can't compromise on your standard. You can't, you can't compromise. Come here. You can't compromise. Well, I, you know, I ain't been in a relationship in a long time. Get somebody saying no compromise. No compromise. Well, you know, my wife getting on my nerves. I'm just, you know, let me let me just talk to somebody else. Look at somebody say, no compromise. Don't you open that door? Because the enemy got a way that he don't just creep in. You you give him a crack, he's gonna knock the whole door down. And he's gonna come all the way in. Watch this, and this is what you're gonna get. Watch this, watch this. Lord taught me this a long time ago. What you are scared of is that um, that the enemy gonna do something bad. You know what the enemy really does? He messes with your name. He messes with your reputation. Cause he know if he can make a fool of you, then he got you. Watch this. This is why you don't understand the power of social media. Cause social media makes a fool of you, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. 
Touch your neighbor and say, keep your business on Facebook. Keep it off. 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 Because you're not at the spiritual level where you can handle the accusations that's coming along with what you're getting ready to post. But sometimes you got to shut that stuff down and keep people's mouth off of you because the enemy is trying to make a fool out of you. But is there anybody here say, he ain't going to make no fool out of me? The devil is a liar. I will not compromise for a like. I will not compromise so somebody will like my page. The devil is a liar. I'm going to believe that God will do just what he said. You got to stop compromising. Stop opening that door. Don't compromise. I'm just laying this Sunday and getting this arrest. Don't you compromise. Because one Sunday will turn into three. Don't you compromise. Watch this. Um, <laughs> I wrote this down, and I need to commentate it. Let me tell you how the enemy works. The enemy works with unjust practices unjust policies, and unjust procedures. Let me say that again. You want to know how the enemy works? He works with unjust practices, unjust policies, and unjust procedures. Getting ready to say something that's a little controversial. I don't care. I speak truth to power, and I got to say it. I didn't get that from the Bible. Unjust practices, unjust policies, and unjust procedures. I didn't get that from the Bible. Unjust practices, unjust policies, and unjust procedures. Procedures. Don't that sound like the enemy does? But I didn't get that from the Bible. I got that from watching the news. And I looked at who was in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And I saw somebody that operated with unjust practices, unjust policies, and unjust procedures. But don't that sound like the enemy? The enemy has a way of dealing with you with unjust practices, unjust policies, and unjust procedures. And God is saying you can't compromise. Number three, we need warriors who are not cautious. Cautious, not cautious not cautious, scared of everything. God done told you this 17 times, and you're still scared. What you waiting on? God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Step out in what he said. Obey him now. Watch this. You waiting on another word from the Lord, you haven't obeyed the first one. And God stops talking until you do the first thing he told you. I pray, but ain't nothing happened. What he first told you? Have you done that yet? Or are you still living your life trying to be cautious about everything? Why don't you just trust this? So how do you, how do you, how do you wage war with the enemy? Go to Revelation, the 12th chapter. Revelation 12. Revelation 12. How do you war, wage war with the enemy? How do you wage war against the enemy? Revelation 12, verse number 7. Are y'all getting something from this? Revelation 12, verse number 7. Revelation, way in the back. have a say amen watch this I need you to see this you want to know how to defeat the enemy I'm getting ready to show you right through these these uh, scriptures watch this Revelation 12 verse number 7 then war broke out in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven Verse number nine, the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the who? The devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. 
he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of the, our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Verse number 11. They triumph over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I need to show you something. Does anybody really want to know how to defeat the enemy? Uh, how do you defeat the enemy? Write this down. Number one. Number one. Write this down. Wisdom. Wisdom. Pastor, where you get that from that scripture? I don't see wisdom, not that word wisdom, not nowhere in there. All right. Look back at verse number seven. Then war broke out in heaven. <laughs> that messed with me. Because you would think that war would break out in hell. But the text says that war broke out in heaven. You ready for this? Could it be he's trying to defeat the enemy on the wrong territory? I know your attitude is bad, honey. I know you got it together. You could, you could, you could slay. But could you be trying to defeat the enemy on the wrong territory? You ready for this? Then war broke out in heaven. You ready for this? And the Bible says that the devil was hurled down. You know what that means? They put his tail out. You ready for the revelation? Why did they put him out? Here we go. Because he was trespassing. I need you to receive this in the spirit. He was trespassing. He was somewhere he was not supposed to be. And because he was on the wrong territory, they had jurisdiction to put his butt out. You still don't get it. The enemy is in your house and he on the wrong territory. He is trespassing and you allowing him to sit up in your house. He is in your emotions and you allowing him to stay there. But is there anybody in here that could just put their good preacher voice on and say the devil is a liar. I, he got to go. If he is on the wrong territory, I have the authority in Jesus' name to put him out. Three people around you tell her, put them out, put them out, put them out, put them out, put them out of your mind, put them out of your emotions, put them out of how you feel, put them out of your house. Here we go, put them out your children, put them out your family, put them out your emotions, put them out your finances. He don't have jurisdiction there. around the house and above the door and around the doorpost she spread that oil 
because what she was trying to let the enemy and every devil know that this house belongs to God. God help me. And you have no authority, no dominion up in here. I need to find out. I know y'all been sitting a long time, but I need some people because the kingdom suffering violent, but the violent take it by force. I need some no limit soldiers in here that say he can't have my house. He can't have my children. He can't have my family. He can't have my church. He can't have my husband. He can't have my wife. I need somebody in here to take the authority back. Not up in here. I need you to give your neighbor a high five and say, not up in here. Not up in my family. Not up in my marriage. Not up in my emotions. Not up in here. right now. See, y'all ain't, ain't, ain't got no kind of authority. I need to know, am I raising a church that got some power that can tell every demon and devil, you got to go. I need you to go ahead and practice that. Grab your neighbor by the hand and tell them we take authority in Jesus' name over every demon, over every devil, over every enemy that's trying to come against us. He has no power. He has no authority. He has no dominion. This belongs to God. I need you to lift your hands and announce to every spirit. You got to go in Jesus' name. Sickness go. Disease go. Hurt go. Foolishness go. Drama go in Jesus' Real people in here. See, I ain't got no real people in here. 
See, 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 I talked to ministers a long time ago. Watch this. Before you even come in here and sit down, some of you come so late you don't even know this happens. Uh, before you even come in here and sit down, they have anointed every chair before you even sat down. Because I am, I realize that there is a spiritual realm that's at work. And when you sit there with your mouth all poked out, and when you're all upset, and I'm telling you to give God glory, and you looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese, I got to make sure that the seat that you sat in will disrupt that enemy that you brought in with you. That by the time you leave this place, you're going to leave here free. You're going to leave here delivered. I need you to announce to every demon, get off me in Jesus' name. I will give God the glory. I will bless his name. I'm not going home the same way that I came. Somebody open up your I need you to lift your hands and tell every demon, you got to go. Depression, go. Loneliness, go. Fear, go. In Jesus' Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Tell every demon you got to go. Every enemy that's been working against you. Every demon that's been coming against you. Tell him you got to go. In Jesus' name. The blood is against you. The blood is against you. The blood. taking nothing home with me. <laughs> I said, I ain't taking nothing home with me. If it came with me, it got to go now. Some of y'all got to go to your car. When you go to your car and open the door and say, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. You will not stay here. It takes wisdom to realize what territory to war on. Come here. Let me help you. You do not fight the enemy clapping back on social media. It's the wrong territory. It's the wrong territory. These little subliminal messages, wrong territory. See in the spirit that sometimes the people that are coming against you and that you're having a problem with, it ain't even them. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Sometimes it's not even them. I remember my, my mother used to my mother used to argue and fuss and go and all. One day my grandmother said, shut up. Stop all that fussing. Stop all that cussing. Stop going off all the time. But mama, you don't understand what he doing. She said, you don't see the spirit behind that? Love him, hate the spirit. Love him, but rebuke the spirit off of him. Get in the middle of the night when they slobbing and sleeping and carrying on. They don't even know you there. Get right on top of them and start pleading the blood over there. Tell every demon, you can't have what I birthed. God, help me. I wish I had a church with some power. You will not have what God gave me. The devil, there's a promise over their life, and you will not have them in Jesus' name. I need to just go ahead and do it. I don't need no music right now. I need somebody to lift up your hands, and you need to go to war, and right now, I take authority over every demon, over every devil, over every spirit that's been coming after my children, that's been coming after my family. I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. I come against every spirit right now that's been trying to attack my mind, that's been trying to attack my emotions, I plead the blood from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I come against depression, I come against fear, I come against sickness right now. You will not have me in Jesus' name. Come on, work it now. Come on, war in the spirit. War in the spirit. The blood is against you in Jesus' name. I need you to open up your mouth. Come on, war. You will not have my children. 
You will not have my mind. You will not have my future. You can't have it. The blood is against you. Come on, I need you to open up your mouth. There's some strength growing in this house. Come on, you can't have my husband. I know you tried to attack his mind. I know you tried to come against his body, but I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I need a parent in here. If your child is near you, to lay hands on your child and say, in Jesus' name, you will be who God called you to be. Every enemy that's tried to come against you cannot have you in Jesus' name. Come on, I need you to war. Just, just 30 more seconds. I need you to war. Just 30 more seconds. Come on. I need you to war. Just 30 more seconds. In Jesus' name. Go back from where you came from. This is not your authority. This is not your jurisdiction. You are trespassing. In Jesus' name. Oh, God. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. If you believe in the power of God, I need you to open up your mouth and start blessing the name of Jesus. I need you to get up out that chair and go to blessing God. Come on. I need you to get up out that chair and go to blessing God. If you believe that you have the authority, that God gave you the power, I need you to open up your mouth and give God glory and give him praise like you believe you have the authority. Devil, you will not have me. You will not have my children. You will not have my family. I decree and declare in Jesus' name, the blood is against every demon. Every devil, somebody open up your mouth and bless him. Come on, seal of worship. Take authority over it. Take authority over it. Take authority over it. Take authority over it. Every thought that's contrary to God. Take authority over it. Hallelujah. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That means if the enemy is coming against your body, he is trespassing in the spirit. I decree and declare that I'm healed from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Every condition, I believe that God is a healer. So I decree and declare that every enemy that's tried to attack my body, you got to back up in Jesus' name. And not only do you back up, you got to go in Jesus' name. Every enemy that's tried to attack my home, I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That spirit of confusion, that spirit of confusion. That spirit that won't let me rest at night. I bind it up now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over it right now. Hallelujah. Somebody need to lay hands on your own head. I decree and declare that I speak peace to my mind right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you can't have my mind. The headaches. I over that God decree and declare healing right now. Somebody lift up your hands and open up your mouth. 30 seconds, worship. 30 seconds, open up your mouth. Come on, worship him. Worship God, worship God, worship God. Hallelujah.
right, I got to go here. I got to go here. So devil, the accident you had planned, I cancel it right now in the name of Jesus. this the generational curse that I broke off of me but you trying to creep up on my child with I bind it right now in the name of Jesus back up devil back up off my child back up off my child back up off my child I feel authority in this room I feel authority in this room I feel authority into this room on the count of three, I need you to call out your address. And on the count of three, I need you to call out your address. On the count of three, count out your address. Come on, one, two, three. Come on. We take authority right now. 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 We take so much authority that if somebody tries to come in with the wrong spirit, they'll run up out the house. Can't even be comfortable there. Because God, that belongs to you. Jesus. Every mental disorder, we take authority right now in the name of Jesus. Every chemical imbalance, we take authority right now. We take authority right now. Every problem in our body, we take authority right now in the name of Jesus. I need to do this, but only those that believe. God, we take authority right now over the Freedom Church. You have tried to attack this ministry over and over and over. And it seemed like the closer we get, the more you want to mess with the people. But we bind Jesus, we bind the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Every demon and every devil that's trying to attack God's people, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and bless God. Thank you for the last 90 days of growing us up. Thank you for the last 90 days of maturing us. Thank you for the last 90 days of telling us what we needed to hear so we can grow in faith. And we bless you. And we glorify you. And we love you. In Jesus' great name.
If you're not standing, I need you to stand and give God the best praise that you possibly can. Come on. Come on, give God the best praise you possibly can. Come on. Give God the best praise. Come on. Come on. If you believe that word, give God the praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. I believe you're leaving here with a new authority. You're going to go to work tomorrow with your head up. And every, every enemy that's been fighting you, God says, be still and know that I am your God. Just take authority over it. Every spirit, every spirit. Watch this. I'm out here now. God is going to start giving you so much discernment that you're going to be looking at people and you will see the spirit while you're talking to them. God says, don't come after them. Go after the spirit. So when you see that spirit of pride rise up in them, say, I take authority in Jesus' name of that spirit of pride that's operating in them. God, I pray right now that you deliver them from it. And God, put me in a position that I can show them and lead them into your truth. When you see the spirit, call that thing out. Hear me, parents. Don't be scared to call out that spirit you see on your child. You ain't got to say it to them. You know how to go in your secret closet. Go in the bathroom and call it out. Watch this. Parents, hear your pastor. And when you see the spirit that they done picked up from their friend, stop all this. Don't, I don't want them around here no more. No, tell them, come here. You know what you do? That's how you get real crazy. Hey, baby, how you doing? Shake my hand. Hey, how you doing? What's your mama name? What's your daddy name? Where you live? Oh, okay. Praise God. Amen. Why I'm grabbing the hand? Because while I'm talking to him, I'm interceding in Jesus' name. I'm binding some stuff up. Because they might not have somebody in their life. Maybe God going to use you. But if you keep just missing everybody, you want them to be around. Because you need to know what they what your child into. You need to know what they're doing. We come from that generation, watch this, that we became masters of hiding. Anybody like me, you got older, you told your parents what you used to do, and they looking like, what? They ain't have a clue what you was into. They had that mindset. Don't bring that around here. I don't want to see all that. Look, you better stop. No, we got to switch that thing. Come here. Come here. Let me cast it out. Sometimes you got to get your children in the middle of the room. Lay hands on them yourself. Look right at them. Tell them, lift their hands. That's all right. We still going to, I'm going to slap this grease right on your forehead. Because while you're in the middle of what you're in, the enemy will recognize that there's something special about you. And while it'll affect everybody else, he won't come after you. You might be around it, but you ain't going to be in it. I'm going to disrupt your plans. I'm going to mess you up so good, you won't even enjoy it. Mama, I can't go out the house with this on my head. Go on out my house with that on your head. Let him wipe it off. Good, wipe it off. Now it's on your hands. Now everything you touch got to be holy. 
because y'all ain't. I get it. I understand. I understand. We're going to let uh, the media raise our children. No, we got to raise them. You got to take authority, people of God. You got to take authority. Stop walking around scared. What were my other two points? You also have to have, watch this, you're going to defeat the enemy. You have to have the right wardrobe. Ephesians says, put on the full armor of God. You got to read that, the full armor of God. Not only can you have, watch this, not only the right wardrobe, not only wisdom, but thirdly, watch this. He says, we rest not against flesh and blood. You got to have the right weapons. The right weapons. The weapons are warfare, not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. What's your weapon? Prayer. Your weapon is prayer. Not fussing and cussing, prayer. You ready for this? I was watching a movie the other day. I forgot the name of it. It was about when you had to go fight Al-Qaeda. And the man was uh, in the midst of uh, all this warfare. And it looked like Al-Qaeda was getting ready to take him out. And all of a sudden, the man called, watch this, for air enforcement. Because air enforcement he was on the ground fighting, but air enforcement couldn't do what he couldn't do while he was on the ground fighting. You know what that, that's what prayer is? Prayer is air enforcement. That while I'm fighting the enemy that's in front of me, I can call on God and God can, can drop some stuff that's from the air that I don't even see and can't even imagine. Prayer is your weapon. Stop fussing. Stop cussing. Pray. I don't know why they act like that. That's fine. Pray. Stop always venting your frustrations and pray your frustrations to God. And God will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. You got to use your weapons of prayer. Prayer is a weapon. Prayer will knock down stuff that you didn't even know was that big. Prayer knows how to bring every enemy down, every high place down, and every low place up. You got to learn how to pray. God, we thank you for your word on today. Thank you that you reminded us we have authority over every devil, every demon. We decree and declare no weapon that's formed against us shall be able to prosper. We bless your name and we honor you for the authority we have in Jesus Christ. For we are nothing without you, God, but you are the powerful one. So thank you now for what you have spoken in this house. Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands and give the Lord some praise.